0: Welcome to the Sport of Business Podcast, powered by 321GO Project. Name one of 2015's Forward Thinkers by Entrepreneur Magazine. 321GO Project provides business coaching, online marketing, branding, and education for the fitness entrepreneur. For more, visit 321GOproject.com. 3,
1: All right. Welcome, listeners, to another special episode. We're joined by Josh Sturgeon. He is the co-founder of Ember Tribe. He is 321 Go Project's search engine optimization guru. Uh, If you would like to learn a little bit more about search engine optimization and you have not listened to his previous episodes on search engine optimization, I will link back to those. And, uh, you know, I, I have to have full transparency here, Josh. We are obviously gang taping these episodes and I did not want to record another intro in post production. So I made it happen here. But Josh, again, thank you so much for being on.
0: Yeah, really glad, really glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: So we just got done chatting about search engine optimization and Josh kind of segued in to marketing. So is this idea of SEO and marketing, are these inextricable principles
0: Definitely not. Um, so really, it's it's always less about the tactics and more about the strategy, right? So tactics come and go, but strategy is what drives businesses forward. And so to, ex- to excel and to win an SEO, like we found out before, it's about being human. It's about being a good marketer, creating something great that gets your message out. So they're, they're one and the same. Okay.
1: I would like to start off, Josh, just by defining some terms that are that we're starting to see creep into the, the CrossFit world. I think that we have turned the corner. You know, we came from a beginning that was like, if you build it, they'll come. And just because we're CrossFit, there's, this, there's always these like underground CrossFit communities, and you would always see a guy in a Gold's Gym doing kipping pull-ups, and they kind of knew where everybody was. So if you opened up an affiliate, you could pretty much get people in the door. And that was cool. Like those days were fun, but we have turned a corner and, and we're needing to begin to think about marketing in a much more targeted manner. One of these buzzwords that is starting to pop up is marketing automation. So I can go on vacation and my marketing is done for me while I'm on vacation so in as an as an expert in this subject Josh will you kind of help us unpack what marketing automation actually means?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think the the easiest way to think about marketing automation is you're creating a game plan to bring people from one part in their journey to becoming a member in your gym to the part where they're actually walking through the door and they're saying, I have to have this. I have to become a member here. This is what I need. And even beyond that, too, now I need to bring other people in to this gym, right? I need to bring others and of an evangelist for... uh, for this particular gym. So marketing automation really simply put and uh, conceptually is just about mapping out your plan of how you're going to get people from point A to point B and not leaving it to chance, not leaving it just to word of mouth, but taking charge and really actually getting those inputs that are going to uh, to get the desired outputs.
1: What are some tactics that people use to automate their, their marketing efforts?
0: Yeah, so kind of the underpinning for most of this is some software. And there's a lot of solutions out there. There's ones that are really expensive. There are ones that are very inexpensive. Um, But really the main thing that the software is trying to achieve is um, make sure that there's a point of contact with people at just the right time with just the right message. So there's ways to do that. Again, some are are more um, precise and uh, I would say kind of Uh, mature than others but really that's the simple that's the simple idea is that we want to have software that delivers the right content or the right message to the right people at the right time to move them to the next point in their journey
1: and when you say delivering the Mm -hmm. right content at the right time we're talking about email marketing right
0: yeah so email is the primary channel for sure um, it's not the only channel for delivering something. You know, there's other ways to to get a hold of people once they've entered into your ecosystem, your marketing ecosystem. But maybe just an example would 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 work best here. Matt is uh, is to think about how does somebody get in touch with you in the first place? Or how do they enter your marketing funnel in the first place? It's probably through some sort of an offer, right? It's going to be something that you, you give away. It's something valuable that you're going to give people to solve a a small problem for them. And now that they're into the system, what's the game plan for bringing them to the next step? So yeah, emails are, are the primary way that we do that, but certainly not the only way.
1: Okay. Let's, let's turn this into a tangible journey. For the, for the customer. So I go to your website and there's an offer. Like, So let's just say, okay, here's an offer. is like a free nutrition guide. It's like a one week of meal planning that is a spreadsheet. So I can go in and plug in my numbers, my weight, my desired weight, and it will spit out what a week of my meal plan should look like. That sounds like a pretty good offer that a lot of people would be into. So... I go to your website, Josh, and I download this Excel spreadsheet, and I come up with a week of meal planning. What happens then? Or first off, how do I get that email? How do I get that spreadsheet?
0: It's a great example. So typically what we do is uh, we set up a landing page, and a landing page is just a page dedicated to showcasing this offer. So in this case, it's the meal planning spreadsheet. And we tell people why it's going to be helpful to them and, why it's going to save them time, and all the other benefits related to that offer. We give it away for free, but in exchange, we ask for some information. So we're asking for an email address, maybe a name, uh, maybe a location, or then maybe even a question to learn more about that person. It could be from a drop-down menu, right? So I'm interested in nutrition, uh, working out, you know, whatever whatever the options are, right? So then when somebody opts in, they press download now, or whatever the call to action is, That's when marketing automation kicks in. And the next step would be that they're given an email or they're given another page where they can download what was promised. Uh, And that's kind of what kicks off this entire uh, journey and nurturing them along this path.
1: So now you would consider me as a part of this ecosystem. And then once I'm in this ecosystem, the goal is to nurture me along to what your ultimate goal as a business owner is. So for the gym owner, we are talking about joining the gym. Uh, and so what are some ways using this example of downloading the the week of meal planning what are some ways that we could nurture these people along or let me rephrase that so we know that based on the fact that they downloaded a meal planning guide we know a few things about these people we know that they're probably interested in body composition change we could deduce that that's probably fat loss um And so then the goal is to draw a line between their very specific need and our product. So pausing the conversation, if you go back and listen to Josh's last episode on search engine optimization, this is another really important point to grasp. People probably aren't looking for CrossFit for CrossFit's sake. They're probably looking for fat loss, and this is another way that we can begin to draw these lines and solve people's problems. So, Josh, in this example, you know about me. I'd like to drop, I'd like to drop some body fat. So, what are some ways that you're going to go about nurturing me along this path?
0: Well, first of all, there's no way that you need to drop any body fat, Matt. You're Thanks, just doing, man. you're doing just fine, man. No, just <laughs> so no. I love, I love the uh, the analogy you're drawing here. Um, of drawing lines to your business, right? Because really all roads lead to getting somebody into your gym. You got to keep that goal in mind. But the way that you get people there is through these progressive steps of building trust and providing incremental value is what we call it. So if we know that they opted in, they're interested in body composition change, what do they need next? What's the logical follow-up? And I don't mean to put you on the spot here, Matt, but I know you've done a lot of thinking around this. So what would be kind of the next step that brings them closer to the door of the business of, of you, of them coming, to the gym um, but still not outright asking them to to come in yet so what's kind of the next step in that line of thinking that would bring them to your gym
1: yeah you know i would probably uh a short time after they downloaded that i would send them some type of information on uh, movement and exercise now so i would probably provide them a, a short email or blog post that is about oh hey Diet is a huge part of getting in better shape, oh, did you also know that you can experience these cardiovascular benefits of exercise and solve all of these different long term health issues that you may be dealing with? Here is a quick little workout that you can do at home, and then I would Fantastic. Probably, yeah, then I'd probably start peppering in more things like that that look closer and closer to what actually occurs inside my four walls.
0: Definitely. So for all of our clients, you nailed it, man. So for all of our clients, we usually, we use this kind of mantra, right? We say, give people what they want so that you can show them what they need. And that's really been a guiding principle for us is somebody wants a meal planning guide, but what do they need? They need more than that. They need to explore cardiovascular benefits. They need to explore working out and having a plan to uh, to train their body. So what you're doing is you're, you're lifting the veil more and more and more to show them what the full picture, what the full solution looks like. And guess what? All roads lead them right through the front door of your gym. And progressively, and this again, this is going to differ for everybody, but the timeline by which you deliver kind of those next steps will be different for everybody. Um, but you can start to approximate, oh, you know what? Every seven days or every 14 days, we want to send them something new. And what we start to get, Matt, are these little if-then type of trees or decisions. So, if you send that cardiovascular information, that workout at home information, and they don't click through and they ignore it, then give them something different that does a similar thing, but maybe it's not focused on working out at home. Maybe it's well, what else would be an alternative there, Matt, to kind of get people down the trail?
1: Uh, you know, I would probably back up and go to the diet thing again and and I would probably try and guess where they are with their fitness or their workout routine so then I would probably turn the corner of like diet for maximal strength or diet for endurance athletes and just kind of get an idea of where they are Exactly.
0: So that's a great way to do it. We know that they're already interested in nutrition. They're already interested in the meal planning. So let's harp on that a little bit longer. They're not ready to go to the next step yet. And that's the beauty of marketing automation is that you can be responsive to what people want and be very personalized in your approach to delivering content. Because, again, your goal as the gym owner and the marketer is to provide value and build trust. And so you can do that in a very customized instead of a cookie-cutter way.
1: Mm -hmm. So I, I would like to... Juxtapose just so we can provide an anchor point of reference for the gym owner. I would like to juxtapose this with a marketing effort that I see a lot as um, your primary call to action is to come in the door and join my gym. What is what is wrong with that being my only uh, calls to action for my potential members?
0: Yes, you're you're starting to see that. I like. Analogies like metaphors a lot. So when we talk to our clients uh, with Ember Tribe, we're usually talking about kissing on the first date or asking to get married on the first date. And so you know, if you're going out on a nice date and you're enjoying your time, you get down on one knee and you just met this person an hour ago. That's pretty weird, and people are probably going to say, you know, bug off. Like uh, I'm not interested. You know. So um, and then you know, there might be this small percentage of people that are like, you know what, screw it. Yeah, let's get married. But that's a very small percentage of people. And yet what gym owners and frankly, all business owners are doing all so often is we're giving that one potential outcome for people, which is to get married. And most people just aren't ready to do that yet. So you need need to have a second date lined up.
1: I love it. No, that's great. That's such a great analogy. And I think that understanding. So one thing that we always talk about on the business side of things is understanding that most CrossFit gyms their model, their ultimate goal for their members is I can't think of a single CrossFit gym owner that would not be ecstatic for every single one of their members coming in the door five days a week. Like that's our model. And that business model is much different than the traditional gym model where it's like, I'm going to put you in a two-year contract for as cheap as possible, hoping you forget that it's getting auto-drafted. And by the way, I can't even serve your membership. like. If more than 4% of my membership came in the door in this traditional gym model, I would get shut down by the fire department. So <laughs> I think understanding our place in the fitness industry, that we we run gyms that people actually use. And there are gyms over here that there's a reason that they're in cheap two-year contracts because there's no intention of people actually utilizing them. So... Understanding that, so maybe a call to action may be like, hey, New Year special, two years for $10 a month. Like, that's a one time sales cycle, one and done. And we're going to try and get as many of those as possible. Us as the CrossFit gym owner, most of us have a renewed sales cycle every single month. We're trying to get those members to become members the next month, the month after that, the month after that. So, understanding what their journey is. Once they're in the door, we need to have a lot more dating before they're in the door to really get them used to this idea of a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. Okay, So you mentioned a couple terms. I want to go back and define them. You mentioned opting in what, so what is an opt-in or an opt-in form?
0: Yeah, so an opt-in is just really the point of entry where somebody enters into your email list. um, They've given up a piece of their information in return to get that content that we're talking about. So sometimes these content things, they're referred to as offers, also known as maybe lead magnets, uh, whatever we call them. It's pretty simple. It's just a piece of content. Somebody wants it, so they opt-in or they request it, and they give up some information uh, about, about themselves to get that.
1: And most websites that that we see have these lead magnets. So it's the super specific example of uh, meal plan, an an Excel spreadsheet meal planning, hyper specific. And then there are, and then we see much more generic opt-in forms like, would you like to learn more? What is the difference between those two types of opt-in forms?
0: Yeah, I think the best way to to see the difference is to think about yourself as a user. You know, things online, we desire instant gratification, right? So with the meal plan, you're getting something immediately that you can use for your next meal. Maybe you're hungry for lunch and you want to use this thing and just kick it off right away. The learn more or you know, let's think of a time to talk or whatever the opt-in might be, that's less compelling because there's not a clear benefit that's going to come as a result. So people are a little bit less likely to take that route because they don't know what they're going to get from it. They don't really see the value of opting in so they just ignore it altogether. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting.
1: So, So you're saying that a much more effective route would be that targeted lead magnet opt-in.
0: Yep, people want something, they want it now, and they're much more willing to identify themselves as interested in your business if they can get it right away. Okay, so so far, all we've talked about is
1: your website. We're just All of these things are occurring on your website, and when we talk about marketing automation, there's software attached to your website, and that is called a, uh, a CRM, which is, is another one of these buzzwords. Uh, unpack what a CRM is for people.
0: Yeah, so when we think about marketing automation software, uh, a component of it is a CRM. I, th- I might get this acronym wrong, but I think it's like a customer customer resource management tool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably other other uh, other ways to define that acronym, but the idea is you have a database basically of people and a, a history of what actions they've taken on your website, what other things like the meal planning web, uh, worksheet they've downloaded, and really what it does is it gives you a snapshot in time. Of um, how how many times these people have touched your business, uh, whether that be through an email or a download, or even in some cases which pages they visited on your site it 's just a way to kind of centralize that information and make some good business decisions around around that
1: yeah as as a reference tool for like analogy like gym owners like as you do programming for your gym you 're probably building that out on a spreadsheet and then that gets put into whatever your wad tracking software is, be it. You know, front desk, Wattify, Zen Planner, uh, beyond the whiteboard. So essentially, we could say that that's your master spreadsheet that you plan out, your years worth of programming would be your CRM. And then whatever members then go to input that information would be that front facing side of your CRM, which will be your website. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So moving away from my website, let's talk about other platforms, primarily social media, and how we can use social media to get these lead magnets and get our our website out there.
0: Yeah. So I guess just like your website is completely useless if it doesn't have traffic, uh, so is a marketing automation plan or workflow, right? Where if you don't have traffic, if you don't have people opting in to your stuff, then all this is for naught. So how do you get those people to come to your site in the first place. Well, social media is a great source of traffic. Uh, SEO is obviously a great source of targeted traffic. And then different paid sources are a great source of traffic. So maybe we should start with Facebook just because that's probably where a lot of people are spending their time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I actually was just digging through my Facebook page the other day, and I noticed Mm -hmm. that way, way back, several years ago, um, uh, a picture that I would post would have this. Crazy reach. Like back then I was like 700 people would just see a picture that I would put up. And I just looked last night and I think 130 people saw a picture that I put up. Uh, <laughs> why is that, Josh?
0: Yeah, so in the last couple of years, Facebook's made some big changes Um Really, as you use Facebook, you understand that there's tons and tons of content coming into your your feed, and you don't have the ability to digest all of it. You're not even seeing all this stuff from all your friends. Well, the same thing happened to business pages, and really right now, if you have a business page and you post something, um, you're going to get about 4% of your followers to see it. Now, that number can go higher if if it's really good content and people are liking it and sharing it, but just right off the bat, the amount of eyeballs are going to see it uh, in terms of the people that are following your page about 4%. And so you take all this time to build up this great following on Facebook, and if you're just posting stuff uh, organically without doing anything else, you're really not getting it to the full extent of the audience. Okay,
1: so uh, that begs a question, how can I identify content that I should boost and pay for on Facebook?
0: Yeah, so what a lot of our clients like to do is they'll post everything organically first. And what they'll do is they'll find the things that are getting at least some engagement even with that small sample audience. And if you think about it, it's kind of like pouring gas on the fire. So if you find something is taking off a little bit organically, then it might make sense to put a little bit of money, and by a little bit I mean literally like $5 or less, To boost that post, and that's an option within Facebook, is you can boost posts or spend a little bit of money to amplify the reach of that post. Because the chances are you've almost done it with this little test market and some people have liked it. Well, if more people saw it, they'll probably like it and share it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What about – so I'm just trying to think of an example post. So, you know, most gyms will post their workout of the day on Facebook every day. Is that an example of something that we need to boost
0: not necessarily, that's one of those things that's just really, it's going to keep happening, it's going to keep happening every day, and there's not something that people can really sink their teeth into. But for example, if you're going to share that lead magnet that you just put hours and hours into, well, you certainly don't want that to go to just 4% of the people. So that's something you're definitely going to want to invest to uh, to make sure it gets seen. But the stuff that people, you know, they know it's going to be on your site, it's posted on the the wad section of your website, that's not the stuff that's really going to move the needle for you.
1: So is it a good rule of thumb to say if there's a clear call to action with the piece of content that you're sharing, is that worth boosting? If we were to yeah, in the perf- yeah,
0: in the perfect world, you'd boost everything, right? Because you want all your stuff to be, to be seen by everybody. But in a, in a world of uh, scarce resources and you have to choose, you're going to want to invest your time and your money boosting the things that are going to yield the most opt-ins or the most um, you know, marketing value for you so that would be the stuff that has a call to action that people can opt in for or honestly like another piece of content where the natural next step is to lead them to that lead lead magnet so maybe you did a great blog post about meal planning and then there's a call to action there to bring you over to the landing page that has the spreadsheet yep. i know
1: the the kind of rule that i follow is i'll pay for i'll pay to boost something on facebook if i'm getting something in exchange and whether that's like attendees at an event um, if I'm getting them to share something important or if I'm asking for any contact information. Those are kind of those are kind of the rules that I set out for myself as far as posting. Because sometimes I post a good picture and I'm like, just despite Facebook, I just want to pay to boost it just so everybody sees how awesome this picture is. But it's really not probably a wise use of my resources. Yeah,
0: I mean you might take a selfie and uh, you think you look really good. Maybe you boost that every once in a while just to feel good, but you know
1: yeah that's a good rule of thumb that yeah going back to my shirtless (laughs) selfie (laughs) right 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 um okay so the last thing that i want to hit on as far as paying for advertising is pay-per-click what does pay-per-click mean
0: yeah so pay-per-click is kind of a generic way to describe the advertising model that's pretty common now online which is you only pay when people click through to your website and so facebook does pay-per-click uh adwords does does pay-per-click um, so those are really two different kind of strategies that might be worth addressing separately, but that's, that's the idea of PPC or pay-per-click.
1: Okay, awesome. So uh, I, I'm going to attempt right now in 30 seconds to sort of tie all of this together. So we talked, when we talked about marketing automation, we talked about creating really valuable things that people want that you can draw a line to your business from there. And then we just talked about paying for advertising on Facebook. So putting those two things together, I do not believe that paying for the get started now or like on-ramp starts tomorrow, that's, that may be a misuse of resources. And by developing uh, a more cohesive marketing strategy, then you're able to understand where all of these lines are drawn and then allocate your resources accordingly. Did I catch the gist?
0: Yeah, no, you nailed it, Matt. I think when it comes to figuring out where you want to put advertising dollars or where you want to actually pay to get marketing benefit, You want to open that funnel up as wide as possible because when people opt in and they're in your system, now you can market to them for free because you're using emails. You're not actually having to pay for that reach. So you want to open that net as wide as possible and then get targeted with your calls to action once you're able to just have a conversation with them for free and you're all good. Awesome.
1: Josh. I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Guys, if you have any questions for Josh, you can find him at josh at embertribe.com, E-M-B-E-R-T-R-I-B-E, and on Twitter, at Joshua Sturgeon. Josh, thanks so much as always, man.
0: Thanks, Matt.